about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. How are you, Natalie? Great. Okay. Oh, we're all done with this part of the show then. Done with this part. No, it's, uh, <laughs> I always t- discuss like the day and time we're recording. So it's Friday night and this is not typically when we record. Well, I, never, I mean, normally you and I are party animals on a Friday night. We're out like house parties, yeah. frat parties, right? Yeah. You know, keeping the lights on at the bars till all hours of the night, you know? That's true. Yeah. That's what we normally do on a Friday night, yeah. but we had to record tonight. Yeah. Because, um, but we're totally because of Comic Con. We're, we're totally going to go party after this. Yeah, we're going to go right out and party. Um, we're going to have lampshades on our lampshades on our heads by 10 p.m., I we're swear. We're going to get our um, togas. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, uh, basically, because of Comic Con, we're doing two episodes this weekend so we kind of had to find time to to do this one you are going to comic-con i am going to a hotel in san diego adjacent (laughs) to comic-con yeah you don't have a a badge but there's always fun stuff to do you know in 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 parties and off-sites activations restaurants bars and just like the atmosphere of people being jubilant and in costume yeah, I'm not as into it as you are. I'm not as into it as I once was, but I I still think that it I still think that I will keep going to Comic-Con when no one else does except Well, no, I mean I don't think you say no one else does, but Comic-Con has no problem selling 130,000 tickets every right. year. It happens in a matter of hours, you know. Right. Yeah. Um so I can't foresee a time that Comic-Con doesn't sell out right but it has become less certainly less of a big deal in hollywood i guess also like the circles that we run it like i don't really know anyone besides you who goes to comic-con whereas like well because i'm not allowing myself to get old i that's i think that's it and i think that's like something that you should maybe allow myself to get old no i'm only, only as old as you feel but I know what you mean. Like I, I like it You're used to be. You're holding on to something that may or may not. Yeah, there was a time in the late aughts and early 2010s that like it felt like a huge portion of the people that I knew and friend was friends with in Los Angeles and people that I knew from other parts of the country were in in San Diego during Comic Con. I could like find multiple like yeah. when the, when I was done with panels for the day, there were multiple people I could text and be like, "What's going on tonight?" Now like yeah. I know just a few people who yeah. will be there. I mean, I even um, had friends who like had comic books there and were in artist alley or whatever, like signing comic books, right. and sell, you know, like, but that's I, still happening. We're just getting older. I'm, I'm saying I had a, you know, like I had people who went, you know, but I feel like every single year I don't have any interest and I have no friends who are, I don't know, why going. are you coming? Hmm. Why are you coming then? Like I said, I'm going to stay in a hotel in That's San fun. Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like having you there during the parties and stuff. Yeah. I like to go to the after parties. Yeah. In the evening. But I have our beloved dog, Darla, so I can't leave her, you know? Yeah. So it's just yeah. us hanging out. Yeah. That's fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging out at a hotel. Um, yeah. I guess I, what I was talking about is less about aging out. And more about, like, so many of the people that I know socially are people who cover movie and TV news. And Comic-Con has become much less a source of breaking movie and TV news. Especially in a year when Marvel Studios is not there, like they're like this year. 
Marvel Studios is one of the few major names that will still wait for Comic-Con to break big news. But um, they are not doing so this year. There were rumors that they were going to, and they canceled after the writers went on strike. I don't know if that's true, because that was before the schedule was out. But since the schedule came out, the actors have now gone on strike, and uh, panels are getting canceled left and right. And I was going to say, none of those actors are supposed to go to Comic-Con. Yeah, they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't. Because, like, um, it will be, it's good, because I support their cause, but also I think it will be a good reminder that movies and TV might be the loudest part of Comic-Con, but they're just a sliver of it. You know, there is so much comic book games, collecting toys, like, every other nerdy thing that you can think of is is there. And that's why I'm saying, like, they might not be our friends, but Comic-Con will never, or not in any foreseeable future, like, run out of attendees. It just right. might be, it, you know, I, when I first started going movies, all the posters you saw, you know, the building wraps and stuff were movie-related. And over the course of my going, I've gone every year since 2006, obviously didn't go the two years of COVID, but I still, you know, did the online thing. And I, and and so I watched it transition from movies first to TV first, and now I can foresee a future in where it transitions from being TV first to being video games first. Yeah, like you've got video game panels in Hall H this year. That's you know partially probably because there are fewer (laughs) movie and TV things to go in Paul Hall age. But anyway, this is not a podcast about Comic Con. It is actually welcome to the. Comic-Con podcast <laughs> featuring someone who doesn't even like it and one person who... No, and I, someone like me who is passionate about Comic-Con. But I went I last still year as just a hotel guest and I gave blood. Yeah. Are <laughs> I, you giving blood this year? I'll give blood, yeah, if they want me to. I'll give okay. blood this year again and then I get like swag, like a Comic-Con swag bag for giving blood. Yeah, I should do that because I, I actually have an appointment to donate blood the week after Comic-Con. Yeah, I might as well do it there. Should have done it there, but I don't want to be uh, like, look, there's a lot of drinking going on at Comic Con. I don't want to be depleted. <laughs> yeah, you know, it might literally be dangerous for me to. Well, maybe it'll get you to cut back a little bit. Yeah, that's that's what you want. Um, you're gonna have to finish my wine. That's you. One one day you're like, you should drink this, and then day you're like, I need you to finish this wine. <laughs> that just happened last week. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, I could have poured uh, it out. That wasn't your idea. You said, I need you to finish this wine. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, this is not a podcast about Comic-Con or my unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Yeah. Or (laughs) Or yours. Or or (laughs) Comic-Con. Or Comic-Con. No, this is a podcast about Friends and How I Met Your Mother. Every week we watch an episode of Friends, episode of How I Met Your Mother. We recap, compare, contrast. We have lots of fun segments. Uh, If you're new, welcome. Um, Wow. If any of our friends and mothers are going to Comic-Con, we should do a (laughs) meetup. Yeah. Let us know if you're going going to Comic-Con. Reach out to the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. We will buy you a beer. Sure. Yeah. A beer. Yeah, just one. Yeah, even if, you're, if there's a group of you, we're buying just one beer. Just one for the whole party. <laughs> we'll get the the twenty ounce beer. That's something I like about the gas lamp. Uh, the the gas lamp district, like the the little touristy, you know, shopping and eating place outside the the convention center, is that almost every bar and restaurant, when it comes to beers, they have a sixteen or twenty ounce option. 
you know? And that's like and, a laughable question for you because you will always get... I'm always going to get the 20 ounce. Yeah. yeah. But there's so few, like, that's not a common thing in L.A. Like, I think Dave and Buster's does it, but that's not like a... Yeah, because it's like a bro-y, like, douchey thing to do. To get just the bigger beer? Yeah. Four more ounces? Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, come to Comic-Con. We'll buy you one beer. Um, now, we're on to season five, episode 14 of both shows. Um, season five, episode 14 of Friends is called The One Where Everybody Finds Out. And season five, episode 14 of How I Met Your Mother is called Perfect Week. But we're going to put a pin in Perfect Week, and we are going to start with season five, episode 14 of Friends, The One Where Everybody Finds Out. Uh, starts off with the, the, the friends in the gal's apartment, the main apartment, uh, and they notice that um, the character I'm going to refer to is UNG because they say it too many times in this episode. I don't like it, you know? Yeah. The, but I'll say it once. Ugly naked guy. So that's what I'm to say. UNG, UNG uh, looks like he's moving out. He's packing up. He's, he's, he's moving out. Uh, and, and that's kind of the... Um, Catalyst? Well, that's kind of the cold open is cold, them all looking yeah. and... and um, uh, it's not very funny. Phoebe's like, I'm going to miss that big squishy yeah. butt or whatever. And yeah. Chandler's like, and that's the end of the chicken fried rice. It's just like very yeah. corny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chandler is like, all right, this is such a specific reference that for those who actually watched the very short lived Ben Stiller show, which is like low key, one of the great sketch comedies in the history of television, they did a parody of a <laughs> dandruff commercials like that is if you were alive watching tv in the early to mid 90s is so spot on where like bob odenkirk was like the normal guy who had dandruff and ben stiller was like his quippy friend who had sarcastic things to say about mm -hmm. dandruff um and uh that's what chandler reminds me of sometimes chandler's very funny but when he's not funny he reminds me of the ben stiller character who has quips about dandruff <laughs> um god what a great show the ben stiller show you should watch it if you if you haven't it's so good um so that's the cold open, and then we uh, after the after the uh, titles, uh, Ross is checking out the apartment because he wants to move in. You know, he's still living with the fellas. His boxes are still crowding up the place, and and so he goes over to check out the apartment. Phoebe and Rachel go with him, and Phoebe looks through the window the other way. He's lo she's looking into the gal's apartment, and she sees Monica and Chandler right in front of the window. Right in front of the window, getting busy. Yeah. Um, I, well, okay, we'll get, actually, let's, we'll come back to that. Um, so she's freaking out. Rachel's like, what's going on? And then Rachel's like, oh, I know, I know. Uh, but she's like, you have to, we can't tell Ross. Right. Yeah. Um, so then the next day at the perk, Phoebe and Rachel talk to Joey because Rachel tells Phoebe, Joey knows. So they're talking to Joey, uh, and, Joey's like, okay, now enough of us know. We can just tell them. You know, everybody but Ross knows at this point. Um, but they realize that, like, that Chandler and Monica only know that Joey knows. They don't know that Rachel or Phoebe know. So they decide to fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and here is where we learned, we learned that not only did they have sex in front of the window, they had sex up against the window. Yes. Now, I don't... I, I don't think... That Chandler has a exhibitionist kink, but I buy that Monica might. You know, mm -hmm. someone who's like so buttoned up in her normal life. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think? She, so, and maybe Chandler's just going on with it. So, I, like, I wonder if Monica gets off on 
like having sex where people might see her? Maybe, yeah. And they have to know people are seeing them because they're seeing all their neighbors and yeah, looking yeah. at them. Yeah. My, so my thing is, I think Chandler's not into it, but what's he going to say? No? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so then Phoebe starts the <laughs> fucking with them by coming on to Chandler at the park. Uh, that night, Chandler and Monica are in bed, and um, Chandler tells Monica, and Monica, like, doesn't believe him. Yeah. Which reminded me very much of the Jenkins thing from last week on How I Met Your Mother. Right. You know, uh, Lily just not believing that Jenkins right, exactly. kissed Marshall. Yes. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, yeah. Chandler says the word coffee house. So now I think there's... Uh, I can't remember what this... There's a word for this phenomenon where you, like, hear a word... And you're like, oh, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. But then, then you once you're aware of it, you hear it all the yes. time. Yeah. yeah, there's a word for that phenomenon, and now I'm forgetting like, what it is. Um, like recognition saturation or something. Right. Like, yeah. 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 So, so like now that now that I hear them say coffee house, it's just, I'm just going to notice it yes, all the time. So Chandler says that Phoebe came on to him at the coffee house. Monica doesn't believe them. We get a quick shot of the World Trade Center to show that it's mm-hmm. the next morning yeah. or next day. Um, and Rachel. Uh, Decides it's her turn to turn to fuck with Chandler and Monica. They say they're gonna do laundry, which, as we know from an earlier episode, laundry is code for for them uh, for hanky panky. Yep. And uh, Rachel's like, "Oh, great!" and gives her a huge bag of dirty laundry and says, "This would really help me out if you could do this." Uh, Ross comes over and he thinks he's got the apartment on lock because he sent UNG a basket of mini muffins. Yep. But they look through the window and realize that he has like a dozen baskets of mini muffins plus a pinball, a machine. pinball machine and a mountain bike. Yep. That So lots of people are trying to get this apartment and, yeah. and trying to gift him. It's uh, a pinball machine things. with a giant bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, on the way out of the apartment, um, Phoebe pinches Chandler on the butt. Mm-hmm. And Chandler's like, there, did you see that? Do you believe me now? And Monica's like, I did see that. And she almost immediately is like, oh, she knows. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yeah. She knows. Um, so they go over to confront Joey, and Joey accidentally <laughs> reveals that Rachel also knows, yeah. but that he didn't tell either of them. Yeah. Uh, which is all true. And so they just, dis- well, just by <laughs> Joey's like, okay, now we can, yeah. everyone can know. But they decide to fuck with Rachel and yes. Phoebe. Yeah. Um, so it's a game of sex chicken, <laughs> is what I. Yeah, that, yeah, it'll that's, become that's a game what, of sex. Yeah, that's chicken. what we'll get to. Yeah. Um, Ross is looking for an edge with um, um, with UNG, uh, and then we learn there's like a dark joke in there. Where we learn that UNG um, accidentally cosetted his own cat. Yes. Um, sorry, that's a very specific reference again. He sat on his cat and killed the cat, which is the way that... Um, Christopher killed Cosette. Adriana's dog. Yeah, he was doing too much H. Yeah, and, and then he collapsed onto the couch and crushed, on... broke little Cosette's neck. Um, yeah. Um, which, the, I mean, it's not funny. It's so terrible. It's awful. But when it comes up in Christopher's intervention, it's so funny yeah. that... Um, well, first, it's funny. It is funny in the episode when Christopher says, like, she must have crawled under there for warmth. <laughs> yeah. Which, that's funny. Yeah. But then when it comes up again in the intervention that he killed the dog, and Paulie says, why was it barking? 
Because that's something that Polly would do. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But yeah, like Cosette had, has become now like... Yeah, a term for a very sad uh, end for a pet. So uh, UNG Cosette his own cat. Um, uh, but no, I would say it to Richelieu, R.I.P., because she like you're gonna get cosetted. She's so she was so I still talk about it in the present tense. Yeah. She's been gone for what four and a half months. Yeah. Um, but she was so small and was so dark that it it was nighttime in their shadow. Like I wouldn't know that yeah. she was on the couch, yeah. especially she'd like crawl in among the pillows, and yeah. so I'd sit down and sit on her and I'd be like, Richelieu, you're gonna get cosetted. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Richelieu. Uh, okay, so. Now we get a, a great, like, the next turn is that Chandler calls Phoebe and, like, calls her bluff and is like, great, come over, you know. And she's like, really? And then Rachel, much like Monica, immediately realizes, oh, they know. Yeah. They know that you know. Um, they know. They don't know that we know that, that yeah, they know. Yeah, yeah. So this is where I like that we didn't. Joey doesn't even put up an argument at this point. <laughs> like yeah. I like that he's not like he's just like let's go with it. So they just had to keep keep uh, upping the stakes. Uh, meanwhile, Ross goes to see UNG in person and is talking about how he respects nakedness. It's pretty clear where this is going. I, I thought it was clear immediately where this yeah. is going to go. Yeah. Uh, ugly naked guy. We sorry UNG. I said I wouldn't say it again. Yeah. UNG. We see him from the back. Yeah. We see the back of his head and his yeah. naked. Uh, he has no lines. Um, the actor's name he, is John Haugen, and this is his only credit uh, oh, wow. on IMDb. He's like probably a friend of like yeah. someone from the crew. Yeah. Um, he also has like a giant props to the props. He has like a giant, um, like big gulp. Like a big gulp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were we watching recently where someone had, it made me think of friends where someone was drinking a big drink. Oh, it was, uh, we're watching the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine when they, when they go to the, the, the lake house oh. and, um, uh, Scully is sitting there eating 64 different, doing a, <laughs> a tournament with 64 different chip flavors right. and he has clearly moderate on Big Gulp, but it just says Big Drink. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I like talking about other shows on this podcast about mm -hmm. these two specific shows. Uh, so yeah, this is where the 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 sex uh, chicken comes in. Ross, Phoebe like says to Chandler, "Yeah, I, I look, I'm gonna come over." Uh, and then they see Ross naked mm -hmm. in UNG's apartment. That's mm -hmm. clearly where that was where that was going. Um, so we're over at, at Chandler's place, Monica's there, like like a like a coach or like like mickey from rocky like yeah. like pumping him up saying yeah. you can do this i we don't we're not gonna lose yeah. you know um so phoebe comes over it gets really uncomfortable she brings wine she dances weirdly then she says she wants to take all her clothes off and have chandler lotion her up i guess mm -hmm. um so chandler goes into the bathroom um where monica is waiting there's a funny bit here where she cleaned the bathroom while she was in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's very yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, but also, again, it reminded me of How I Met Your Mother. Just like a middle of like, a yeah. even though this isn't a real date, but like going off. And then so the Phoebe goes out to the hallway uh, hallway to to confer with Rachel and Joey because she's like, he's not backing down. And Joey says, Chandler's afraid of bras. He yeah. can't deal with them. Yeah. And he like, with a one flick of his pinky, yeah. like completely opens Phoebe's shirt. Yeah. And I love that she's like, impressed yeah you can even break a button yeah um 
And so it gets right up to where they're about to kiss. They actually do. I don't. I wouldn't call what they do kiss. They they press they press their, their closed pursed lips together. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't call it a, a kiss. But um, uh, and finally Chandler bursts out that he loves Monica. Yeah. And Monica comes out and everyone's like, "Oh my god! I didn't like. I thought you were just yeah." Thought you were just doing it. We yeah. really loved her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of sweet. But then they still don't write. Don't want Ross, Ross to know. know. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially how the episode ends until we get a tag at yeah. the end where Michael Ensign has returned as Ross's boss, whom and Ross has brought his boss over to show him the new place to like weird boundary crossing. Yeah. But to like demonstrate that he's getting his life back together. Yeah. And he and wants to have his coworkers over. Yeah. And he's and he's dealt with his rage. Yeah. And then while he's there, he looks into the win- across the window, and we don't see what he sees, but clearly he sees Chandler and Monica, and he screams and flips out and Michael yeah. Ensign's like nope he screams like get your hands off my sister <laughs> yeah 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 uh, and then that's the end of the episode um, you, do you have any other stray observations or? I mean just a stray observation that it's rare for Joey to be the voice of reason amongst these people <laughs> you know he's normally the butt of the joke but he's the yeah. only one who is like level headed like this is ridiculous guys. and he doesn't like lying he's just he like a pure like lying. Yeah. he's just like a good guy yeah yeah um, he doesn't have any secrets except he has a penguin that he sleeps with well Hugsy the penguin his sleeping sleep time buddy or something like that and we see sleep time companion yeah he's like napping in his like uh, lazy boy with Hugsy and then he like throws Hugsy throws it away I wonder if we'll ever see Hugsy again yeah um funniest moments then yeah so I liked uh when Ross sees Rachel and Phoebe freaking out um yes 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 they try to pretend they're just freaking out because they're so happy for the apartment. So yeah. they're jumping me down and he kind of reluctantly is like, okay, he yeah. does this like weird Jumps excited jump. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is funny, but also like still stolen from Seinfeld when Phoebe and Rachel are talking in the park about like finding out about and like putting all the pieces together. And um, Phoebe's like, so like all the laundry, all the canceling plans. And then Rachel's like, Doing it, doing it, doing it. Yeah. It's very fake, fake, fake. fake, fake. The, cr- yeah. the moaning, the grunting, the... Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, I, I've said before that normally I don't think Friends is as good at pulling off the kind of, like, exaggerated, like, silliness of a gag as How I Met Your Mother is. But I did like... When, oh, you're going to take this from me. When yes. Rachel, yes, yes, Rachel yes. has this the huge my, bag of laundry. Mine. I'm sorry. You take mine all the time. Rachel has a huge bag of laundry that she wants Monica to do. And Monica's like, oh, but I don't have enough quarters to do all this. And Phoebe says, I've got quarters. And she pulls up like... A giant satchel? Like it, like a, a, a bank robber in an old western would have totally. like a, a, a bag of coins yeah. in this huge... Yeah. Like this huge like canvas bag. It's like a ruck, rucksack. Yeah, it really made me oh, laugh. Orders, me too. Uh, also, have, okay. that's a, also a props to the props department. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when Phoebe says to Chandler, "I'm really looking forward to you and me having intercourse." Yeah, sexual intercourse. <laughs> sexual intercourse. Yeah. <laughs> so see, you just took one of mine. So now we're even. Okay. Uh, my last one though is then when I mentioned that Joey accidentally gives up that Rachel also knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, he, he says like, I'm not the one who told them. And, and Monica's like, them? Who's them? And Jerry goes, Phoebe and Joey. <laughs> yeah. He's still a dum-dum, but he's yeah. the voice of reason. Yeah. Um, when Phoebe says, when um, Phoebe and Chandler are going to uh, do it, 
She says, maybe I'll dance for you. <laughs> and awkwardly dances. Yeah. Um, should we move on to Friends but make it fashion? Yeah. Um, at the perk, when she first comes on to Chandler, Phoebe has her hair up in a bun. Maybe you can help me. I, I try to know terms of like fashions. I don't know hair stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's got like all these little like silver like it looks like dragees on a cake in her bun. Yeah. I don't know what those are okay. called. Okay. Well, it looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's not her. I mean, that's a fake uh The bun itself is fake? Yeah. Okay. Fake, fake, fake. <laughs> fake. Um we get a return of the orange fuzzy coat? Yeah, that's true. Um the only other one I had, I, don't, I actually didn't like it, but I thought it was worth bringing up the terrible velvet dress that Phoebe's wearing, Phoebe's wearing on the date night. But what about her embroidered bra? That's uh, fun. The embroidered bra was fun. Yeah. It's it's fun that she, like, I like to think that she was, like, method acting, committing to the part. Like, I'm going to wear a sexy bra. Like a seductress. Yeah. 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 Um, but, so I, I didn't like the velvet dress, but our friend Steph sent us, like, a long time ago pictures of Phoebe from Friends and Willow from Buffy wearing the same outfits. Yes. This very much feels like something Willow would wear. This could be a Willow dress. Right? Can you, yeah. Can't you see Willow in that velvet dress? Totally. Yeah. Um, Joey's wearing a turtleneck and it's very becoming. It's a gray turtleneck. Yeah. Everyone looks great in turtlenecks on this show. Yeah. Um, that's all I have for fashion. What's under the umbrella? Well, mazel to the magna. We have a, a, like a ski and snowboard scene. Really? I yeah. didn't notice. Yeah. There's like two guys going down a hill. One is in skis and one is in a snowboard. Cool. Uh, other than the UNG, I, yeah. I don't really have anything UNG, else. UNG, um, Ross being rageful. We get, in the very first scene, there's tons of Chinese takeout, and that's where... Um, right, the dumb chicken fried rice joke. Yes. Chicken um, fried rice was my go-to as a kid. Mm. And that's and so I still... We, we've, ta we've talked before about how I have a hang-up about like not wanting to be seen as, as childlike. Yeah. But I still think of like fried rice, like anything fried rice, even though I eat chicken fried rice. <laughs> you know that at home I eat chicken fried rice all the time yeah. now. I don't think I would order chicken fried rice from takeout or at a Chinese restaurant. It seems like yeah. too basic. But I yeah. I do heat up the like Trader Joe's frozen chicken fried rice all the time. But that's, listen, that's among friends and mothers and, and wives. That's yeah. it. That's not for public consumption. Yeah. Um, Monica cleaning while she's hiding out in the bathroom. It's very mon. Sorry um, to go back to something I was just saying. Also, very Monica. Uh, she's very competitive. Yes, my team the, always wins. Yeah, sex chicken. Yeah. Um, but uh, friends and mothers, we haven't had any calls to action. Uh, go to Chinese takeout order. Yes. We've asked before about like how many things you order, but what is your go-to dish? Um, um, Natalie, what is yours? So these days, it's usually like um, like whatever tofu vegetable dish they have on offer but when i was little i would always get vegetable chow mein okay yeah i like um shrimp chow mein or shrimp lo mein on a certain like if it's if it is just takeout and it's not meant to be good you know if it's sit down i'm probably going to go with something a little more substantial and less like carb heavy do you know what i mean right but when i was little i didn't like but i'm saying now what is your it. what is your go-to tofu and vegetable dish right that's what i said yes yeah, so I think I would go. I go with like a meat and vegetable right. dish now, with like maybe rice on the side. But I'm not generally getting. 
I found that with uh, that's the other thing is you and I don't actually eat Chinese food that much. We've talked about this on the show before that we yeah. eat Thai food. Yeah. Um, and I found that with Thai food too that, that that like I think when I was first getting into it, I was sticking to carb heavy stuff. I really love Pad Siu mm-hmm. a lot, and I still will get it sometimes. But I've moved more into getting the the curries, chicken or vegetable curry mm-hmm. or whatever, and having some rice on the on the side. But I'm um, I don't know if it's my taste, my palate expanding, or if it's just me being more carb conscious, you know, um, and, and trying to eat less starch, yeah. y- you know. But actually, the um, oftentimes, like, the yellow curry is the most it's, fattening because yeah. it's, like, See, the coconut. You, you, you got to, like, you're one of those people who's, like, actually, when you order a salad and the person's, like, you know how many calories in that dressing? Yeah. It's, like, come on, I'm eating a salad. Yeah. I'm not eating a burrito today. Don't I get points for that? Yeah. So don't don't uh, harsh my whatever. Uh, so yeah, friends and mothers, what's your go-to Chinese order? And um, I would love if you like if you do differentiate between takeout and sit down. Because um, yeah, I'm a little bit more of a monster with takeout. Like I'm a little bit less afraid to be like yeah, just give me a huge pound of noodles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't eat it often, but Panda Express, I think I've talked about it before, has an amazing Beyond Meat yeah. orange chicken. And orange chicken is not something that I would ever get, yeah. you know, because I, I don't tend to eat. Like, Do you know what they have now or what they're testing out? Oh, what? Well, I don't know if they've done the Beyond version of this. Okay. But Panda Express is known for their orange chicken. Yes. And over the past few years, every fast food chain has introduced its own version of a fried chicken sandwich. Right. So there's a, there are certain Panda Expresses that they're testing out. I'm sure the test kitchen in Pasadena has it. A Basically a fried, it's like an orange chicken sandwich. So it's a hunk of orange chicken and pickles mm. on a like brioche bun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if they were, if there were a Beyond version of that, you would yeah, scarf it up. Yeah. I don't like pickles, unfortunately. I love pickles. Um, I like Pickles, the character from BoJack Horseman. All right. uh, Should we take a quick quick break? Mm -hmm. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, we are back from our quick break, and it is time to jump in to season five, episode 14 of How I Met Your Mother, Perfect Week. Natalie, take it away. Okay, so Ted, grown-up Ted, is talking to his kids about how different people have different ways of dealing with nerves. Some people fidget, some people nail-bite. Barney imagines a play-by-play interview with sports commentator Jim Nance. Jim Nance, yeah. Who I didn't know or care about, so... um, (laughs) You don't don't even care about him. I don't even care about him. Um, So... Uh, Barney is like giving Jim Nance like the rundown play by play of uh, a perfect week, which is um, sleeping with a different woman every night for seven days. Yeah. So and also no rejections. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Oh, I'm sorry. Seven nights, seven girls, zero rejections. Sorry. Why don't I let you finish? Yeah, because you don't 
trust that I can do this, which you're right. I can't. No, you're better um, at it than I am, as listeners have said. No. One person said it, and they were wrong. Um, but so only we go- a certain number of our listeners write in. So you have to imagine, for every one listener who says something, there are scores of listeners who feel that way. Right. So every person is a voice of... Yeah, like an elected representative. Uh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so night one, uh, Barney is calling his shot. He just points at a woman and it works. He yeah. goes home with her. Night two, it works. Night three, he wants to go for small boobs tonight. Which then we see we see him leave with what appears to be a very chesty woman. Ample breasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he's having a great time. Um, turns out everyone else is having a really bad week. Um, it was Ted's first day of the semester, and he um, he makes fun of someone's name, thinking it was like a fake name in the classroom. And he's like, ha-ha, very funny. You should go to like see more butts. And it's a woman named Cook Poo, and everyone makes a big joke out yeah. of it. And I think it's kind of like not funny. It's not. It's completely it's like unfunny. totally like kind of insensitive, like culturally yeah. insensitive and also just not funny. Especially because it sets up like, oh, he's going to be the butt of the joke. He's going to be the joke, but, but it's then still her name. they make the joke. And she's played by Hong Chow. The great Hong Chow. The great Hong Chow. Yeah. So he makes fun of her. It makes, it like brings her to tears and she runs out of class. Yeah. And this is not over. Um, Meanwhile, Lily and Marshall are also having a tough week because they're they've been struggling to find couple friends since Barney and Robin broke up yeah. and Ted and Stella broke up. So they had like some friends over for like a wine night, <laughs> and they admitted to sharing their own their same toothbrush. Yeah, what's funny is they didn't admit it; they just said it. They like they've been doing it so long they like forgot Be- that it's weird because the friends were like. So I, like, knock the toothbrush, it flies up, and then, like, Lily says, like, oh, I think that same thing happened to our toothbrush. And, like, they didn't think that was weird. Yeah, yeah. And then it turned the friend, the other friends off. Again, stolen from Seinfeld. Our toothbrush. Yeah. Toothbrush, toothbrush falling the into the toilet. Yeah. Yep, stolen from Seinfeld. Um, now something of yours has been in the toilet. <laughs> night four. Um, yeah, Barney sleeps with another woman. Uh, Cook didn't show up for class. Oh, Robin goes on a date with some dork named Dale, and she kind of, like, jokes that, like, oh, he's such a dork, like, he's going to call me ASAP, and then, like, throughout the episode and the the days, like, he's not calling, and she becomes obsessed with him. Yeah, I do love the joke that, like, the longer he goes without calling, the higher he is raised in her estimation yes. being this like pathetic dork to being like the love of my life didn't call me back by the end of the yeah, week yeah the love of my life yeah. <laughs> yeah um barney continues to um fill in uh jim nance and then we get like a flashback of like um mustache pete drexel who's like barney <laughs> yeah. as like a that can almost be under the umbrella because they've done so many things of like barney telling stories that take place in the past yeah. where Barney plays, plays like an old-timey like, version of Barney. Old-timey, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Marshall's like, Barney's doing this because I think he's going to get fired and that's what he's like, he's trying to um, replace, uh, I guess, distract himself from yeah. these nerves. Because yeah. um, Marshall saw him like getting talked down to at work. Um, 
So, like, the fifth night, Barney's looking for um, who looks the dumbest. And then there was supposed to be a joke, like a Viagra joke, where, um, like, Jim Nance asked if he's ever taken performance, like, enhancing drugs. Mm -hmm. And then we learned that Marshall did at one point and had a boner for, like, way too long and had to go to the hospital. Um... Uh, Barney meets another girl for day six. Lily finally confronts Barney about the job and jinxes him. And by even bringing up the perfect week, she jinxes him. Um, and then uh, on the seventh day, <laughs> um, a Yankee player walks in. Nick Swisher. Nick Swisher is his name. Yeah. Walks into McLaren's and they're all worried that, like, the third, third martini girl that Barney's courting. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Sees him, <laughs> and it's like almost like a slow mo where she's like walk walking over to Nick Swisher, and that's when um, Lily tries to intercept, but yeah, just like she throws tries to herself, jinx her jinx. Yeah, yeah, throws herself in front of it, like twists her ankle, um, and then Robin is flirting with Nick Swisher because he talks about hockey. Mm -hmm. She loves that. Um, so yeah, everyone had a terrible week besides Barney. It turns out, um, yeah, all the sports talk is taking his mind off of the trouble in his life and everyone likes sports because it distracts us from our lives, I yeah, guess. That's a pretty facile description of why people yeah. like sports. As someone who kind of likes sports, like that's not why. But that was Lily's like rationale at yeah. the end for like intercepting. Yeah. Um, but it's like the thing that, um, like, uh, was it Paul Stanley uh, being, like, talking about KISS fans? Like, you know, these people, these, these miserable lives, and we come to their town, and we just owe a good show to them because we're, like, the only... <laughs> like, it's so condescending yeah. to say that, like, oh, people like sports because it takes their lives, uh, mind off of their misery. That's, yeah. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Um, so Barney successfully has the perfect week... With a woman named Christy. Um, and then he ends up not getting fired by Goliath. And then they get one last insult for Cook Pooh because her order's ready at McLaren's. She's ordering takeout. And then she hears them all make fun of her again. Yeah. So that's how that ends. Yeah, that's how it ends. I guess the only thing that I don't think we like really pinpointed although i'll get into it in funniest moments is that um it's not just jim nance in the interview like baseball analogies oh yes the entire throughout yes, the entire yeah. episode the entire episode is just like a sports metaphor yeah but it's it's usually it's generally specifically like i like how specific they are because a perfect game is something that a pitcher has mm -hmm. in baseball mm -hmm. and so that i like i like how much it's almost it's entirely baseball related analogies and even beyond that it's almost entirely pitcher related analogies and i like i loved that the commitment to that and how much they wrung out of it but we'll get to that in funniest moments which we're getting to now um yes can i start yeah okay um when <laughs> ted is sitting like at the booth by himself at mclaren's <laughs> and he's ordering food but he says beer here yeah, yeah. and he's eating like a like a hot dog? Like a hot dog. Like he's in the stand. There's like, like organ music playing. Yes. Yeah, that was one of mine too. Yeah. Um, I'll go to, okay, not baseball stuff, but 
every time so barney <laughs> on his perfect week he picks up every girl except for day six we don't see it happens yeah. off screen but he picks up all the girls at mclaren's and he always like leads them out and then as he leaves he does a little thing yeah and night one after he called his shot <laughs> He does like finger guns, but in like a Yosemite Sam way, like back and forth. Yeah, like, yeah. It was very funny. funny. It's kind of like Ross's uh, jumping for Joey dance. Yeah, same yeah. stuff for similarities. Yeah. Um, was it? I think it was Ted who said um, you took a swat at the Hamburglar, <laughs> the poor woman who was eating sliders, who they decided okay. yeah. was the dumbest person there. Uh, or, or yeah, just the best option. Yeah, he's taking a shot at the hamburger. Yeah, there's so many things that actually leads me into my next funniest moment, which is the whole. Not the, like I don't care for like I mean, okay, Barney saying which one like help me out here because we think he needs help talking about his job. Yeah, he's like Ted, help me out here. Yeah, and then he says which one of these girls is the dumbest? Yeah, it's a funny thing to say. I don't like the premise, but they very quickly let go of like the dumbest presence uh, uh, or, or premise and. Uh, compare it to um, Ted is refers to each of the girls as pitches. Right. So he says, like, what about the heater? And there's, like, a girl warming herself by the radiator. Uh, and he's yeah. like, what about high and outside? And there's a girl outside smoking a joint. Yeah. And he goes with, okay. uh, I, I, I think your best bet is the slider. Which is funny and also funny that, like, there's a hot girl at McLaren sitting alone eating sliders. sliders at a table. Okay, so this, I'm so, I'm such a dummy that, like, this all went over my head. Okay. I didn't get any of these jokes. So this was essentially, Barney was a pitcher who would, like, the, no, I understand the, that now. The general manager, yes. or not the general manager, the coach would come out to that, and he was like, what pitch should I use? Yeah. And also, um, this changes Barney from a pitcher into, well, I guess he's still a pitcher. So whenever Ted, when he brings up the heater and brings up high and outside, Barney doesn't say yes or no. He just grimly shakes his head, which is... The signal... in. Yeah, in baseball, yeah. if the catcher is giving signs like, hey, throw this, yeah. and the pitcher doesn't agree, he just like, hmm. Just yeah. shakes his head. Yeah. Um, so that whole sequence is the funniest moment for me. Okay. A, a very much a funniest moment. Which, yeah. Yeah. To, we'll get to that later. Um, do you have any more funniest moments? I have one more. Um, I kind of like the awareness at the end of the episode. Yeah, Ted is like, yeah. "Am I a bad dad for yeah. like telling my kids about the sexual conquest of Barney in this way?" Yeah, because um, Marshall and Lily retired the tie that. Uh, that Barney wore on the seventh night and yeah. are like nailing it up on the wall at McLaren's, which yeah. like, they're real regulars, I guess at this point, if they can yeah. nail shit to the wall. And yeah, Ted jokes about like, cause he, cause Marshall says this will like go down in history and Ted jokes about, yeah. like you said, and then just, am I a bad dad? It's funny. Yeah. Um, any other, anything else? Should we move on to how I met your mother would make it fashion? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, peasant blouses all over the place. Well, you missed one great sweater. Okay. Hong Chao, the second time when she's at McLaren's, oh, is wearing a very cute blue sweater with a pattern of that looks like white bows all over it. Yeah, that is cute. And also seems like something Willow would wear. And also maybe go like, okay, so they can do that. They, they, they can know. dress women cute yeah. on this show. Well, they, they choose not to. They dressed, um, what's her name, um, in a cute way, I thought. Um uh, well, no, not Amanda Pete. Um, who was the other? Um, Rachel Bilson. They dressed her cute. Oh yeah, yeah. So they so they can do it. Possible. They just choose not. They choose to, to yeah. punish these women. So yeah. 
and then under the umbrella, um, more fat phobia. Yes. Um, I didn't like Jim Nance saying no fatties. That's, not, a, not a single fatty. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, also, this was interesting because often we get Bob Saget Ted admitting like, okay, this is just my version of the story. I don't mm-hmm. know how this happened. Mm-hmm. But here we get... Bob Saget's version of the story, version of Barney, Barney, telling his version of the story to fake Jim Nance. It was like multiple layers. uh, layers. Yeah. And then my final one before I throw to you, um, Lily sticking her nose in other people's business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She won't let Barney just like pursue his perfect week. She's like, no, he has to talk about his job problems. Yeah. It's like. To me. and yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, you might be right, but at a certain point. It's not your place to, right. you can't be a kindergarten teacher all the time. Right. Yeah. Do you have anything under the umbrella? Um, just uh, Robin, just like being Canadian and loving hockey. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's funny that like um, uh, Lily doesn't know the name of the of the team that Robin likes, the Vancouver Canucks, and she refers to them as the Kachucks. Mm-hmm. But there are professors. There's like a family, Keith Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk. Like Kachuk is an actual name in it in the NHL. Oh, that's funny. That must have been an intentional joke, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if Matthew Kachuk was even playing in. And that's not important. Anyway, um, should we move on then to just similarities? Yeah. Okay. Um, we mentioned oh. jumps for joy. <laughs> jumps for joy. Okay. So Phoebe has a big giant rose statement necklace yeah. and so does robin wow yeah it's like exact same statement yeah necklace. i remember yeah a big giant rose yeah tacky as ever this is when um, phoebe's like on the phone with chandler mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. yeah yeah um okay um cheering on friends sexual exploits <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely uh we talked about bathroom pep talks bathroom pep talks yeah um you mentioned like Nailing a tie to the wall, like treating McLarens like their living room, much like they do to the coffee house. Yeah. <laughs> but I get the impression that the How I Met Your Mother gang are more liked at McLarens, you know, than... Well, Gunther loves Rachel. Yeah. So maybe that even. But Gunther hates the rest of them, <laughs> especially Ross. But they they love Rachel so much that he would still want them to be there. I guess. But what I'm saying is Carl, yes, Carl gets annoyed with them sometimes, but Carl let uh, Ted and Barney stay at the bar when he had to go during the snowstorm. Uh, Wendy, in this episode, like when Lily pretended to hurt herself, just came out of of nowhere and was like, Lily, I'll get you some ice. So they're clearly like regulars who are at least somewhat liked. Yes. And Wendy should be pissed also because last week... Like, we made such a big deal about a hot bartender. And yeah. She's a hot bartender. Yeah. Um, well, I still hold that she is a server, not a bartender. And then also Carl's there's a, um, in both episodes, there's like a slap on the butt. Phoebe with Chandler. Yeah. And Ted with Barney. Like, go get him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, do you have any more? Nope. Uh, both Ross and Barney find themselves in uncomfortable situations with their bosses. Oh, yes. Yeah. Good one. Good okay. One. I can do this too sometimes. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's time to play favorites. Okay. This is an easy one for me. Me too. Three, two, one. Friends. How I Met Your Mother. 
I think this is such a good Friends episode. I think it had, like, it was funny and also kind of sweet and, like, yeah. big moments, but also yeah. silly miscommunications. Yeah. Bets, jokes. Like, it was it, just, It has like, a ton. Has a tons of tons of good stuff. Yeah, I can't I can't say that's incorrect. I just am. This is how I met your mother. We I mean I talked about how I met your mother like losing its steam a little bit with slaps giving two and being and like going back to the well a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this I think with its clever like seven day structure and with its extended extended baseball analogies yeah. could have felt sweaty, but I think they landed it. On all, even though I am, yeah, I'm very bothered by a lot of the grossness in this episode, yeah. um, but it it felt like a return to that like season three, season four like sweet spot of of How I Met Your Mother. Um, yeah, I guess the, it, it's just yeah. I thought it was sweaty, just like sports and bag and babes. Like I, I, it just doesn't get me. I know it's like it's elevated writing, yeah. because of all the metaphors and analogies, and yeah. it's. Like, it led to some funny moments, but I think just me not catching on to some of the sure, jokes. Yeah, I, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, let's catch up on our correspondence. Ooh. We don't have a lot because we are recording a little bit earlier. And then next week, we're, we'll almost certainly have, like, none yeah, because yeah. Um, um, it'll only be, like, two days from now. Yeah. So uh, I don't think we have any tweet. Um, yeah, don't think we have any new tweets, but I can't quite tell. Yeah, no new tweets, but I, we do have at least one email. Okay. Um, which I had up, but I think I googled, or I, I navigated away from it to find that picture of Hong Chao in the sweater that I just showed you. Okay, where did it go? Okay, I think that Steph, our listener Steph, is intentionally trying to find a different way to correspond with us <laughs> every time. So this time she emailed me, but not from her email account, from the email account of her old podcast about Buffy, the Potential Cast, which I was on at least once, I think twice. Um, so like it's, it seems fun. like a running joke that Steph is just yeah, like, I'm going to find a it. different way to reach out to yeah. to them every week. Um, unless this, I guess it's possible that this isn't Steph, that it's someone else from the potential cast, like Gabby or uh, I can't remember the name of the Canadian guy that I met at Comic-Con one year. So it's with an M, um, drawing a blank. But I'm going to guess it's probably Steph, you know, Occam's Razor yeah. and all that. So, uh, Does Steph sign off with her name nope. usually? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she she does it in different ways all the time. So, um, Death Talk and Travel is the name of the email. She says, I feel like recently it has become the norm in society not to ask the cause of death, which is something I was talking about last. Mm -hmm. So, I guess that means I am normal. Um, She says, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I am fully on board with being respectful of people's wishes, but also I don't want to perpetuate shame and secrecy coming from a judgmental society. Does this stem from the opioid crisis? Thoughts? Like... Maybe because oh, there's, yeah, there's a shame attached to, like, drug addiction. So certain. if you ask, like, oh, how did right. your whatever die? Right, and right. it's an opioid that, yeah. Uh, and then travel-wise, she has a question for you, Natalie. Okay. Um, 
Well, first, she, this is the end. Uh, first, she says, I decided against Tokyo for the time being and decided on Amsterdam, Berlin, Basel, a Christmas market river cruise, mm. and on to Paris this December. Mm. So this is definitely Steph because she's the big world traveler. Yeah. Um, she says, what I'm concerned about, what I'm concerned with is what am I going to eat in Berlin? I know David has been to Berlin, but has Natalie? What did she eat? Mm-hmm. So I think what she's asking is what other than meat would you eat in Berlin? Yes. And um, I didn't have a lot of trouble. Um, there were some places that they had like veggie sausages. So I had like currywurst and I always eat lots of potatoes and vegetables. Um, and there's vegan restaurants everywhere. Literally in every city that I've ever been to, I've found good vegan food. Yeah. These days. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, I, uh... We went to, because I read this earlier, so I was able to think, had more time to think of it. We also went to the vegan donor kebab mm-hmm. place and had the yeah. vegan donor kebab. Yeah. Which, but that brings me to the fact that, like, there are a lot of Turks and other Middle Easterners in Berlin. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, if you don't want to eat meat, you can eat falafel, like, yeah, or something falafel like that. everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think. When we went to that, like, traditional German restaurant where you ate, like, a knuckle. <laughs> like a pork. Yeah, pig knuckle or something. I think I had, like, a potato pancake. (laughs) Right. And, like, I I don't really remember. And, like, a salad. We also went... um she doesn't mention Prague. We also went to Prague on this trip. And you had essentially, like, a block of fried cheese, but it was amazing. It was, like... Yeah. It was, like, an entire, like, block of... Like, imagine, like, the size of a block of cheddar cheese, then just, like, deep, deep fried. Yeah. And then, like in a little in a triangle yeah but it was like kind of gooey inside right it was and like breaded and crispy on the outside it was the biggest like fried mozzarella stick you've ever (laughs) had yeah essentially that's what it was yeah so yeah I ate that for lunch one day and then just like a ton of beer yeah there has to be a place that does vegan schnitzel right oh yes I mean there are Hinterhof which is gone now Mm -hmm. in uh, was that Highland Park Mm mhm yeah uh, here in here in LA, there used to be a, a vegan German beer hall style restaurant called yeah. Hinterhof. They had That's great good. beers, yeah. and yeah, they had like vegan schnitzel and stuff, and mm-hmm. that was really good. I, and then also, I, sometimes I don't understand why restaurants close because like Hinterhof seemed like everyone knew about it, everyone loved it. It was always packed, yeah. And then it closed. I think like the rent was too high, or maybe, something. or maybe COVID, or maybe it was pre-COVID. I can't remember. But anyway, I think that's all of our correspondence. If if I ever miss some correspondence, uh, feel free to complain to me about it because i don't like missing correspondence um oh excuse me (laughs) excuse me uh let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce Mm -hmm. it's called how were we doing Mm. and this is where we look at what was happening in the world on the days these episodes aired so season five episode 14 of friends the one where everyone finds out aired on thursday february 11th 1999 um so this would have been the end of my junior year. Uh, now, it, it, interestingly, just last week, I mentioned that Jenkins aired on Jason Siegel's actual birthday. Mm-hmm. The one where everyone finds out aired on Jennifer Aniston's actual birthday. Mm. Uh, also, <laughs> born this day, <laughs> I had to look this guy up, but a Vine star who went by the name Murderized. <laughs> okay. His real name is... Corey something. Um, here's a picture of him. Uh, <laughs> he oh looks yeah. like a little baby. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah i don't know what he's up to these days but uh Wait, murder eyes or murderized murderized okay murderized okay. like one word okay. one made up word okay. uh he was born on on this day okay. and went on to be a vine star and then vine went away and i don't know what he's doing now um let's see Top five songs in the U.S. on this day. Uh, at number five, Brandy, Have You Ever. Uh, at number four, oh, here's a big one. Cher, Do You Believe in Life After Love? You know, I've said before that um, I think like a lot of like white male rock, rockist hipster types, I didn't take pop music seriously for a long time until like the, the sort of quote unquote optimism, uh, came along in like the late aughts, 2010s, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's generally true. But when I look back, I did like believe at the time it was out. Mm-hmm. I also really liked, um, genie in a bottle and what a girl wants and kind of that whole first Christina Aguilera album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really great production on that. Um, Anyway, so yeah, that Cher song is great. Uh, at number three, hanging in there, our favorite uh, Deborah Cox's Nobody's Supposed to Be Here. Uh, at number two, Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Uh, and then at number one, Monica, Angel of Mine. So I guess uh, she's beating Brandy Yeah. on this one. That boy is hers. Yeah, that angel is hers. We did all this last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, season five, episode 14 of How I Met Your Mother, Perfect Week, aired on Monday, February 1st. 2010 uh as far as things that happened in that day uh oh yeah the grammys which are usually on a sunday but um uh the grammys were on a monday this year i guess for some reason i don't know why but uh beyonce i said i know like was that maybe the super bowl oh it might be because of the super bowl because i know the emmys have sometimes done monday to not conflict with the nfl yeah um, at the beginning of the season, so maybe at the end of the season, yeah, it could have been the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so Beyonce uh, won six. Um, uh, what was that? Grammys, including um, Song of the Year for Single Ladies, and is the first woman to win six awards in one night at the Grammys. Um, ACDC won their first ever Grammy award. That's always weird when, yeah. but it just it speaks to the age of like the voting <laughs> voting yeah. body there that ACDC has to be like a tired, gray-haired legacy act before they get a Grammy. Uh, speaking of old people, though, Lifetime Achievement Awards went to among others Bobby Darin, Michael Jackson, and the uh, great Loretta Lynn. R.I.P. Um, sorry to interrupt, but we Let's should say Jason Siegel. Emmy nominee, Jason Segel. For Shrinking. Good for him. Shrinking. Yeah, which I'm enjoying currently. I have not watched. Yeah. I have not watched. Um, as far as other stuff, let's just go to... Oh, no. Um, the film producer, David Brown, um, who produced movies like The Sting and Jaws and Cocoon and The Player and Driving Miss Daisy, all the way to Deep Impact, and his last credit here is Along Came a Spider. So... Prolific career um, in producing movies. He he passed away on on this day at the age of ninety three. So yeah, long prolific career. Um, he's like almost as old as he was almost as old as movies themselves. Uh, so R.I.P. David Brown and top five songs in the U.S. on 
this day. At number five, Justin Bieber's Baby. That's when we says baby like a bunch of times, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Young Money's Bedrock. Uh, Lady Gaga's Jvetana Moore. I don't want to be friends. Uh, it's bad romance. I'm trying to pick like a different part yeah. uh, every week to do. Uh, number two, Taylor Swift's Today Was a Fairy Tale. I don't remember that one. Uh, again, like a lot of hipsters, I came to I came to Taylor Swift late. I've tried to go back and and, and listen, um, but I haven't like learned all the early stuff. And then hanging at number one, TikTok by Kesha. Again, the position of the one where I met your mother is that we like Kesha, but TikTok's not that great. Yeah, um, and we haven't done a check in on our relationship at this point. What what were we doing? Um, I mean, we were just hanging out. Going. I mean, we were. We were. We had been. We had been exclusive for um, nearly a year at right. this point. Right. But yeah, we were still, you were still living with your roommate. Yeah. I still had my own place in Hollywood. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We were probably watching Lost or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> and what do we do next? Sorry, you threw me off there. Oh, sorry. Uh, final segment is called Challenge Accepted. This is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week. On both episodes, uh, um, with only the knowledge of the episode title to go on. Uh, let's check in on how we did last week. I said, everyone finds out about Monica Chandler, free point for Davey. All right. And, uh, yeah, I think I did it. Good job. I get a point. You're Good still job. three points ahead of me, but I got a point. Uh, you said for Perfect Week, we get a glimpse into everyone's personal idea, per, sorry, personal ideal half-fortnight. Might some of them be in conflict with one another? Tune in to find out. That's not at all what happened. No. So, nope. I get a point and you yeah. don't. Yeah. You're still kicking my ass. Yeah. Though, uh, I need you to vamp for just a second. <laughs> okay. Ketchup sprinkle seasoning. Flakes and strawberries cereal. Mediterranean style salad kit. Teeny tiny avocados. Okay. Uh, first off, ketchup sprinkle seasoning. Isn't that just called sugar? Right? Good one. Good one. Good one. Uh, so, season five, episode 15 of Friends is called The One with the Girl Who Hits Joey. Okay. The One with the Girl Who Hits Joey. The one with the girl who hits Joey. Does she hit him once? I feel like it might be like an ongoing, like, maybe. Um, like, what if he's just, me just spitball. I'm not committing to any of this. Um, what if he is rehearsing? He's in a play where he's supposed to, like, get into a fight with a woman. And she's like hitting him for real, right? Okay. And she wants him to hit her back for the the realism of the play and he's conflicted about Okay. Is that too No, I think that's a great specific. Great guess. Um okay. So, uh Joey is cast alongside a method actress who insists on socking him Hmm. the faster I try to go the more I typos I make socking him for 
real. Uh, and wants him to return with some chin music of his own. A knuckle sandwich? Yeah. Joey is conflicted about serving a knuckle sandwich to a woman. Yes. Okay. Okay. Vamp again if you could. Okay. Organic yellow mustard. Organic mayonnaise. Tri-color bell peppers. Okay. Um, Season 5, episode 15 of How I Met Your Mother is called Rabbit or Duck? Rabbit or duck. Okay. Um, I think that this is going to have something to do with uh, a fancy restaurant. Okay. And I'm going to say we're going to be back on Ted's bullshit and he's dating someone. Okay. And he takes her to a fancy restaurant. Is that good enough? Okay. Um, well, what does the rabbit or duck have to do? I think you have to, like... Um, he's going to have some dumb rules. Like, okay. if she orders the rabbit, okay. then she's meant to be... Ted a... takes a new potential... Paramore? Oh, Paramore is good. Paramore, um, to a fancy restaurant. Um, he can eat his dinner in a fancy restaurant. Um, uh, and bases like I'm going to say unknowingly subjects her to an unfair test Concerning hair or fowl. Good one. Okay. We did it. We did it. We talked about all the shows. We made all the jokes. Everyone loves us. We're a success. (laughs) (laughs) You can find this podcast wherever you found it. You already did a good job there, but there's also a post for every podcast when I get it done on time. Uh, sorry, this the, the post at Battleship Retention this past week went up like two days after the episode was up. Not my problem. Not my fault, I mean. Um, but uh, there's a post for every episode at BattleshipRetention.com. You can leave a comment there. You can also email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com where probably Steph emailed us uh, from her old pod, her like, defunct podcast account. Okay. Um you can uh, tweet at me at uh, at Davy Pretension. Uh, those are the main ways you can reach out to me. And also, yeah, check out my other podcast, Battleship Pretension, where I talk about movies. Uh, did another episode, uh, or have another episode coming up with Tyler from his hospital room, so that should be fun. Yeah. Um, so that's where you can get a hold of me. Natalie, where can people grab hold of you on the internet? Well, they can't, but uh, if you like this episode, you should rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mothers, give us five stars, or tell us why you don't want to give us five stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, calls to action. We didn't have too many. 
Uh, no, we, we just we only just had one. What's your go-to Chinese food order? And, and are you going to Comic Con? Are you going to Comic Con? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Comic Con? What are your thoughts on Comic Con? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, sub subcategory of the go-to Chinese order is: Do you like differentiate between takeout slash delivery and eating what are in your orders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Let us know if you if you'll be at Comic Con. Yeah. All right. Um, did you have anything else to say? No, I didn't. Okay. I was about to throw it to you. Until next time, we'll see you at the Staten Island Chili's. <laughs> Bye.